Mark's right. For those wedded to the machines in their bedrooms, their studios, their best friend's garage or basement. For those who negotiate with the system every day to make time for the music that matters. For those who get in debt to fund the fight against the mundane. For those who stay true to their cause even in the face of income and fame through compromise. For those who feel the power of every beat. For those who keep their minds open. For those who encourage and support those pursuing their personal dream. For those who sacrifice relationships to make sure the music is heard. For those for which the music is a lifetime, not a pastime. This is Bass Agenda. 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 This week, really pleased to say the show is dominated for the full two hours by French producer Maelstrom, an exceptional producer, producing many stars of electronic music, and over the last few years has just gone from strength to strength, both as a solo artist and DJ, also collaborating with Louisa, and recently launching a fantastic new label project, 
with some serious heavyweight talent on the debut release. You're going to be hearing from Maelstrom throughout the show. I'll be playing a lot of his music, plus some tracks he's chosen for us to listen to as well. A huge variety of great, great electronic music for you this week, both in part one and also in Maelstrom's mix in part two. I discovered that kind of music through illegal raves and uh, squat parties when I was um, 16, 17, maybe earlier than that. That was the big thing happening uh, where I lived in France because uh, there's not there's no such thing as a as a club scene in France as opposed to the UK. There's no tradition of um, you know club music as you as you know it in the UK. So. For us as teenagers, the only occasion, the only possibility to uh, be exposed to that kind of music at the time were, yeah, illegal raves. In 96, 97, there used to be like squad parties and illegal raves in warehouses, uh, abandoned, you know, plants and stuff like that every single yeah. week. So we used to hang out there and go, go there every week, basically. very start of that movement everything was kind of mixed up you know there wasn't really a distinction between you know UK hardcore um, German hardcore techno like the DJs used to play whatever they liked it was open-minded and uh, I guess it was a great way to uh, being exposed to a lot of different uh, different influences
it's one of my most personal works, I guess. I got two daughters and, uh, and I'm married, so you know, you know this, what the story is behind that one. Yeah, it's in, I guess, you know, you never, uh, you never really know before you do it, but once uh, the track was done, it felt to me like I was trying to convey how I felt about having a family and, you know, being home and having that place where where everything's everything's fine and uh, what's important in your life you know that's what that's what the track is about for me at least for you that the whole show including uh, track list will be available to download over the weekend from the Base Agenda archive on SoundCloud soundcloud.com slash Agenda also on Mixcloud and hear this at beautiful track there called Three Girls coming up next Tank Diving
is the favorite track uh, that I ever made. This is the one I have, you know, the one I'm the most proud of. I'd been struggling with uh, the music production for a long time. Like, I don't know exactly, but maybe five or six months, I couldn't make any music. I mean, I was producing stuff, but I nothing you know, made sense. I, I had to throw it all away, and it was very, very depressing. And uh, and then one day I made tank diving in maybe like three or four hours. I just woke up, went to the studio, recorded like all the elements and mixed it down maybe the same afternoon and the track was made. And, and that's the magic of doing what we do is uh, you never know when it's gonna happen. Like you never know when you're gonna be able to produce something that that has a meaning and uh, tracks like this one, you know, help you have faith again in what you do. Only you can decide that a piece of music is more than something for today. It endures. Music you want to hear. It's that rare quality which pleases when one first hears and pleases more and more as one grows familiar with it. The only difference between this and some other listening time spent with purely pop recordings is that you could listen to this oftener. Right, right here, let's listen to what I mean.
well, that's uh, it's on a Movax compilation heads, and I I think I'm pretty sure that's the first piece of vinyl I ever bought. So uh, and that's my favorite track on this compilation as well. But uh, yeah, I remember playing that one in particular like over and over again, wondering how how the hell these guys were able to do such an, an incredible sound. So that's still to these days that's like one of my favorite tracks ever. Yeah, and I mean I guess it's the same for everyone. The tracks that had that you had an emotional connection with in your teenage years, they just stay with you your whole life. You can like play it when you're 50 and I guess it kind of brings back who you were when you were like in your parents, you know, bedroom. So that's that's a special thing. I was very curious from the very start because that music seemed to be coming from outer space, man. Like it was something I'd never heard before. So like I remember going to my first grave and I was like, where where do these sounds come from? Like I had to know. It was like a quest. And back in the days there was like no internet. So you had to it was kind of a kind of a game and a an investigation to like find out what were the machines and what was the process and to like find someone who could teach you and you know lead you in the way from the very start i really wanted to know how it worked but uh, but then i got hooked like i bought like straight away i bought a, an akai sampler and uh, an old boss drum machine
that uh, Marcel Detman and uh, Luke Slater. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing track, like that's probably my favorite yeah. track this year. Like it reminds me of uh, Steve Reich's um, Different Trains, I don't know if you know about that track. Because basically it's uh, like they're using uh, recorded speech as the basis for melody. And that's what Steve Reich does in that Different Train track. And uh, again, it's it's kind of minimal, but it's very emotional as well because it's all based on the human voice, and that's the backbone, sort of the backbone of the track. So it's it's very interesting. It's for me one of the most interesting uh, piece of music I've heard in the last few months. Judgment and Neon Electronics. You're listening to Base Agenda.
can spend basically months long without doing anything interesting. So I have to be, like, I'm in the studio every day. I'm, I'm doing some new music every day. I have like hundreds of tracks that nobody will ever hear. But uh, yeah, you have to be there. If I stop for a long time, it takes me a while to um, uh, get back to a point where I feel um, my knives are sharp enough, if I may say. So, so I need to, you know, be there, keep working, and convince myself that something's gonna happen. Not always easy. <laughs> Maelstrom's profile growing, I asked him if he could tell me his thoughts on what he's done to make things go so well. There's two different aspects. Uh, the first one is the music production, you know, that's where it all, you know, comes from. And I guess what's, what makes me stand out a little is my background. Like, the music I do, I don't do it to succeed or I don't do it for any other reason than that I have to do it and it's an expression of who I am and what my background is and uh, the music I've been touched by. So I guess that's one of the main reasons. I, I mean like, yeah, the what we were talking about before, like all these years living on the, uh, living on the outskirts of the cities and traveling with the sound system and all that, it's, you know, it's part of my DNA and I guess it translates into what I do today. It's not just, uh, yeah, it's not just something I do, but it's something I am, really. The other reason why, I guess, to be completely honest, I'm in the position I am today is also because I'm working with people that are really professional and help me get to that point, like management, uh, agents. All this is very, very important these days to work with the uh, people who understand what you do and want to help you get to where you want to go and yeah basically having a good team and, and being helped because I'm afraid these days you can't really handle everything by yourself.
said at the top of the show, not only is Maelstrom doing well on his own, he's also got some great work going on and has done for some time with Louisa. And Maelstrom's going to tell you about that relationship and some of the projects they've got going on. It's hidden that I've got a fuse. 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 My dear, I fear that time's a few. Time's a few. Now let it be. Well, uh, what happened was uh, Louisa was in the US. She's from New York. She had moved to Los Angeles where she met Brodinsky and uh, all the guys around Roman's records. Then, like she did, uh, let the beat control your body with uh, Brodinsky, which was quite a big success. And they started thinking about uh, her doing an EP for Brahmins. So she decided to make the move and come to France. And when she arrived in Paris, Brodinsky said, you know, there's this guy called Malmström. I think you two should try to collaborate because you got, you know, things in common. We got in touch via email, exchanged a few ideas, and she just showed up on my doorstep one day, and we'd never met before. So she spent the week at my house, and uh, we did an EP basically in four days. And uh, that's how it, it started, and it was kind of weird because I had never really succeeded in uh, doing collaborations with anyone. Even if we have very different backgrounds, we seem to sh be sharing the same approach about what music was meant to be. Like, as I said before, like why we wanted to be making music, it kind of clicked really very fast. Then we just kept, you know, working together on a, yeah, it'd be a great journey.
we'd been talking about having a label and making something like that for maybe a year and a, a year and a half simply because um, there was an area in the music we did that we wanted to explore but there weren't really any imprints that could uh, I'd say handle the material we had so we decided to you know do it ourselves so after having the initial idea which was why you could how we sum it up was like making a, a punk label for ravers and a techno label for punks. But we were in touch with uh, Dave Clark already because he did a remix for us on one of our previous romance releases. So I got in touch with him saying, hey Dave, if you have any material, any music that would be kind of strange and uh, too maybe too far out from what a Dave Clark record would be, just send it our ways. We'd be happy to release something very different from you if you ever happen to have any music that would fit that kind of, you know, environment. And uh, a few weeks after that, he get back to us saying, hey guys, like I have this uh, track I did with uh, Brian Black and Mr. Jones and it could be interesting for, for you guys. And uh, we loved it, man. <laughs> it was uh, exactly what we were looking for for the label. Jacker, Dave Clark, Mr. Jones and Brian Black, aka Black Asteroid, out now on Louisa and Maelstrom's label Ra R-A-A-R. Coming up next, Peripheries by Maelstrom, some nice hard techno for you. And then into something completely mental, Airbag by Aerosmith.
main thing is um, listening, listening to who you are and, uh, you know, kind of trusting what you do and uh, where you come from and not trying to emulate anyone else's success. It's always going to fail. Like, one thing I have all the time, because I have like a lot of young producers sending me music, you know, on Facebook and SoundCloud and all. And I have so many copycats that are just yeah. trying to be Gesatlstein. I don't know why him, but it happens all the time. And the thing is, like, most often these guys, they're pretty good. I mean, the production skills, the production levels are, you know, out there. But yeah. they don't have a voice, and we already have one Gesatlstein. We don't need a new one, you know? So... Um, every time it happens, I'm like, man, your music sounds great, but you have to find your own voice. You have to know what are you gonna say. You have to have to say something. You know, the, yeah. there's got to be a need to express yourself. Otherwise, there's no real point of making yeah. music. This is music. It's an art form. So you have to touch the person that's gonna be listening to you. That's the main thing. Even if. Sometimes the production isn't so good and the bass drum, you know, isn't loud enough and I don't know, like the hi-hats are messy. If the vibe is great and there's emotions and you can hear it's really genuine and interesting yeah. and there's new ideas, I don't care, I'm going to play it anyway.
Oh, that that track is just playing crazy, man. Like that's that's what I was talking about. It, it made me feel like I was 16 again. Like hearing something that's so fucking weird, so out there. You know, there's no conventions. It goes in a place where you wouldn't expect it to go. Uh, it, it, really, it really is a crazy track. I play it all the time. And people just go completely nuts. Like I can see on like half of the crowd is totally puzzled. Like they don't really know how to react because it gets really wild. But uh, that's kind of that's kind of what I expect when I play. So yeah, that's my main weapon right now. show this week I've got room for one track that isn't chosen by or made by Maelstrom and it just had to be this fantastic next track the return of Sweden's Graji Graji Pinkanen in techno mode this is out now on his new label the label is called Obskilex this track is Obscure Motions and you're listening to Bass Again. Oh, 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 
hardware. So I'm just jamming in the studio, recording. I got a Midas V-Nice desk, which is basically a mixer that's also a sound card. So I can run all my hardware through all the channels and record every channel separately in my uh, in Ableton. That's what allows me to be like jamming for 15 minutes and then recording everything, going back to the laptop and then like editing whatever I did. The machines I like the most are the Electron Gear. Uh, it's a Swedish company, I guess. that are making like uh, drum machines and uh, synthesizers. So I'm using the Electron, E-L-E-K-T-R-O-N. So I have the Electron Rhythm, which is a, a drum machine, and the Analog 4, which is a synthesizer. And these boxes are like the equivalent, the modern equivalent of a TR-909s and 808s. And SH-101 for me, it's like so intuitive and so creative at the same time. I'm like using this pieces of kit a lot.
pages and there are some dark 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 pages in the history of the white man. Amazing track from Milestrom there. Introduction to Entropy. And now we're going to go back in time a bit. Go back to some of the uh, early days that Maelstrom referred to earlier on. The original rave days, squat parties, etc. The incredible Spiral Tribe. My first rave was with those guys as well. Fantastic stuff. Remember it very well, surprisingly. Back in uh, an abandoned house in Euston, in London, just around the corner from a police station. Fantastic night. Here comes forward the revolution. Wake up.
I think we're, um, it's amazing, really. Like, I don't know how it is in the UK, but in France, especially at the moment, there's like a revival, like a new appetite for techno and electronic music. And it seems like all the kids from 16 to 20 years old, they want to get out and go to clubs and listen to cutting edge, you know, techno and house and electro. They're really open-minded about uh, what they want to hear. I'm curious about where it comes from, about the history of the movement. So it's like I've never seen anything like that before. It's really impressive. Like everywhere in France, you have like, I don't know, in every city, in Lyon, in Nantes, where I live in Paris, you have six or seven parties every Saturday, every Friday with amazing lineups, amazing artists, and they're all sold out and full of uh, kids, you know, not just wanting to go out and get drunk and, and all, but also very much interested in what they're listening to. So, um, yeah, for me it's a great, great time for techno. Yeah, and, and more so, I guess, oh, we'll see what happens, but, uh, I can't help thinking that some of these kids will want to be making music as well in the next few years. So it's also uh, a great hope that you know there's gonna be kids who will be inspired by the, what they what they've experienced in the clubs and in the raves, and will start making music that's gonna have an impact on new kids and will just start a chain reaction. So I'm uh, yeah I'm very hopeful about uh, the next few years. Well, this one was just uh, a hit, you know, back in the days when I was going to raves. And we just, like, I remember, I don't know if it's exactly when it came out, but I remember the first few years, the first year, uh, we would hear that track maybe like two or three times every night. But I guess that's what you'd call an anthem. It was like very, very, very big at the time. and. Uh, so I think I have two copies of that record, just just in case you know one got damaged. In my opinion, that's what you know makes a good track. You can play 20 years after it was recorded, and it still works. It still clicks. It still says something.
Yeah, well, we have uh, a lot of things happening with RAR, obviously. So we have the next, uh, the next EP is going to be released on January 25th. Gonna be myself and uh, Special Ebri with uh, uh, from Switzerland, and uh, after that we have two EPs which are already completed. And uh, yeah, we're gonna push the label a lot. So we have uh, a few uh, label nights as well going on in France for now. But I'm working on taking it uh, on the road in Europe. Uh, I'd like to do something in Switzerland, Amsterdam, and uh, Spain as well. Nothing really uh, finished, but uh, hopefully it's gonna happen. So that's the main plan for the next six or eight months. Last track for part one then. Hope you've enjoyed the selections from Maelstrom. Great stuff. Got a very, very diverse mind-melting mix coming up next from him too. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of this. The Bells, of course, by Jeff Mills.
this is Marco Donati on Base Agenda.
Hey, this is the Electromagnetic and you're listening to Base Agenda.
Thanks and love out to Miles Strong for taking part in Bass Agenda for doing that mix too. Great, great stuff. As you can see, he's a man to watch. Keep an eye on Ra Records as well. Just getting going. And as you heard earlier in the interview, got a lot planned too. I'll be back in two weeks where we move across to America with a two-hour special on the man behind Fragile Records, the one and only James Wolfe. Looking forward to that one. Have a great weekend. Thanks for your support. Cheers. Yo, this is DJ Digital. Thanks again for checking out Andy on the Base Agenda Show. Base Agenda Show. Base Agenda Show.